0: Sifter. For the ear. News. Interviews. Reviews. Cinema. TV. Streaming.
1: Action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. I reviewed the Indian import RRR, Rise, Roar, Revolt, on this show two weeks ago and gave it five stars. Turns out it was the number one movie worldwide that weekend. Imports like this have played regularly in suburban theaters here, but starting this weekend, Movieland has added more of those Indian action films to its regular roster. However, I will not feature them in my coming soon segment because of the limited general audience.
2: Jerry, it's so funny. I don't miss anything. I miss some of the people. I don't miss the dressing up. I don't miss being on air. I've been on air for 30 years. I have creative outlets, but I never think to myself, boy, I wish I was doing 5, 5, 30, and 11.
1: That was Juan Conde talking about his 22 years as an anchor on WRIC-TV. He left the station in January and has moved on to a new opportunity. On this week's Sifter for the Year, we'll talk about his career in TV and radio, as well as his plans for the future of a new real estate venture called Titan with his business partner, Chris Francoise. Plus, there's a special drop-in guest from Juan's radio days.
0: Sifter, review of the week.
1: All the Old Knives, in theaters and on Amazon Prime Video. This film opens with a gripping airplane hijacking, but that's only the setup. Jump forward eight years, and CIA agent Chris Pine is tasked with finding the leak in their agency that resulted in the deaths of more than 100 people. He travels to California to dine with his ex-lover, Thandie Newton, who has resigned from the CIA. This restaurant, with an ironic name, is the scene of most of the movie's dialogue. The twosome engage in low-key conversation as they discuss the potential guilt of everyone involved, along with some brief flashbacks. The duo's chemistry works, but this is much more about conversation than action. Anyone expecting a spy thriller will be disappointed to discover that this is a rather bland drama that takes place primarily at a table for two. I give it three out of five stars. Welcome to Sifter for the Ear, Juan Conde, my longtime friend, and Chris Francoise, my new friend.
2: Thank you for having us, Jerry. It's great to be here.
1: First, I have to ask you, Juan, do you remember when we first met and the piece of advice I gave you?
2: No, Jerry, ah,
1: I, don't. I can see your eyes rolling around. Well, you remember where it was. I
2: remember. It feels like I've known you my whole life. That's the thing.
1: <laughs> Actually, it was at Circuit City i was producing videos and you auditioned for something there
2: gosh that's why i don't remember because it was back in the 90s <laughs> it was
1: in the late 90s yeah and i remember my one piece of advice which you have took very well since then obviously was you sound too much like a radio dj when you're trying to be a casual narrator so loosen up some and you did
2: it's true you know it's funny and i think the trend in broadcasting has been much more toward that, towards more kind of voice acting as opposed to being a traditional sort of announcer. Good evening. I
1: like, think. Sure. Yeah. Just making a conversation. And speaking of that, I know you uh, started out in radio. Surprise guest drop in. <gasps> oh my
2: gosh. I love that picture. And that's after a media league softball game where apparently I ran around a lot and got sweaty. And, um, Hadn't gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't sweat much in 30 years. I haven't worked out that hard since then.
1: Since this is audio, and obviously our listeners can't see it, it's a picture of Juan and Jay Carneal, who is our surprise drop-in. Hey, hey. Footnote. Jay Carneal was the national director of production for Radio 1, a media conglomerate of 55 urban radio stations, and was also on the same radio station as Juan. He now owns Memory Box Archives in Midlothian, specializing in converting old film, video, and photos to digital formats. How old were you guys? Do you remember Jay?
0: <laughs> I don't remember much. It's a blur, but we were teenagers and we acted like teenagers, that's for sure. Do you remember how you two met? Well, I'm sure it was at the radio station that we got together, but we've always been together. We've always acted like teenagers ever since, I think. If you ask one, I'm sure he would agree with that.
2: Jay, you were uh touchstone for me and a real mentor in the business, my friend. You're not giving yourself nearly enough credit. I came in there just as green as grass and you helped me find my way around and still help me find my way around today, honestly.
0: I think it's just the opposite. You know, I think Condi is kind of like That old uh, TV show with David Carradine. What was that show? The Kung Fu thing? Yeah, the Kung Fu thing. Condi walks alone, man. I mean, he's that guy that just makes the world a better place.
1: So, uh, Jay, what do you remember about those early days?
0: It was all about radio and creativity and fun. And Juan did mornings, and I followed him up on middays.
1: Let me just interrupt real quickly. This was on Power 92.
0: Well, I think originally when we first got together, Juan, it was Power 93. Wasn't 93,
1: it? right. And then it became Power 92. Y'all lost a digit somewhere in there.
0: Well, there's a lot of history, you know. And then Juan and I always had a plan. As soon as we got off the air, we were scheming as to go do something. So I think Juan, if I remember, you had a little Honda in the winter. We would throw the snow skis in the Honda and we would have them sticking out of the sunroof and we would run up to Wintergreen and we would snow ski. My wife and I, Mary, when we would go somewhere, Condi used to think like he was bohemian and he didn't need heat and air conditioning in the little condo he lived in. And that's how he got his nickname. I, I always called him condo instead of Condi because uh. he lived in a condo. And um, I well, would now, tell wait him a minute, he,
1: Jay, you told me something before we got on the line here that about uh, him living with you for a while. What was that about?
0: Well, no, he would come stay at my place when I would go off somewhere because I had heat and air conditioning and Condi always prized himself. This is walking that alone trail I talked about. Connie would always brag about not needing heat, not needing air conditioning, not needing a real bed that he would sleep on a futon. So every time I would go out of town, I would say, hey, Connie, I need somebody to feed the dogs. And he couldn't wait to volunteer. And then after I'd be gone a week, I'd have to kick him out of my place because he got used to the (laughs) air conditioning. (laughs) Are you
1: muted, uh, Juan? Because he's over here laughing and just rolling. He's having a great time. Y'all can't see that, but he's really having a good time laughing at all these memories. Well, how about something embarrassing about him, Jay? Come on. Tell us the most embarrassing thing you can remember about Juan.
0: You know, I really don't know a lot of embarrassing things about Juan. And let me say, this is the most unique thing about Juan. Juan is always on. And Juan is always that guy who keeps it between the rails. I have never, in all the years I've known Juan, which is... Now I think it's going on like 40 years. Wow. I've never seen Juan not together. And what you see on TV and what you hear on radio and that bubbly personality that he has, he always has. Except on a golf course once or twice if he hit a bad shot. And let me tell you another secret. He gets it from his dad. I call his dad the Admiral. And until I met his dad, I didn't know what the mojo was but he truly gets it from his dad. What a great guy and he passed all of that right down to Juan.
2: I just want to say thank you cuz uh I have you have to outlive me, Jay, so you can do my funeral. Cuz <laughs> <it's> good stuff.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know that I could do your funeral, brother, but uh it would be an honor to be, you know, anywhere that you are, I'll just walk in your shadow, brother. That's it. Jay, you did tell me earlier a story about a boat. Juan, do you still have that boat,
1: the Juan tune? Yeah. The Wantoon, it's called?
2: Jay helped my family buy the pontoon boat that we own because he is an avid boater. So that's how he got to meet my dad. My dad came down to see the boat. And uh, thank you, Jay, for, for uh, being so complimentary. My dad really is an amazing dude, and whatever cool is in my family comes straight from him.
0: Yeah, that's right. The Wantoon. <laughs> That's what you should interview. You should interview the Juan, too, because he should <laughs> tell <us> a story. <laughs>
2: Jerry, the boat, we never pass anyone. It's too slow. No one has more fun on that party barge.
1: And Jay, didn't you tell me he first came down to ride on your boat in February or something?
0: Yeah, it was uh, Juan and his brother and his dad. And I have a, a place on Chesapeake Bay. And Juan came down in uh, probably about the coldest time of year and uh that salt water just hit him right in the face and he looked like he was just freezing to death and it was the best time and uh that's when you know you're a waterman when you can survive a a a rough sea on a cold day you know that it was just meant to be and that's that's your love of the water
2: yeah jay was banging around about 35 knots slapping the waves and splashing and it was kind of heavy, but well, I just, <laughs> I loved it. it was great. It was speed and, being out and, stuff. That's, and part of,
0: that's part of that being a teenager thing, man. You, you never grow old, you know? I mean, that's what it is. That's what keeps you young at heart.
2: I can find fun in just about everything, you know, and that it does. Thank you I, for saying that. Cause I feel like that's the case. I try to have a good time, whatever I do.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of a good time, Jay, this has been great. I want to thank you for dropping in, giving a, want a little surprise. Uh, Any last words for him before we uh, head on to the rest of the interview?
0: Juan, best of luck with your next endeavor, man. I know you know everybody in the Richmond game. You've been plugged into everything. And keep walking your own path, doing your own thing, brother.
2: Jay, you're a wonderful inspiration, man. And it's great to know you and your family and your lovely wife. And I hope to see you soon, bud.
0: All the best, man. Thank you, Jay.
1: Jerry, you scamp.
2: Of all the people to pull up to talk to me, Jay is one of the nicest and best people to choose. He has a a fantastic memory and it's just a good dude. We've had a good time together.
1: Where were you from and how did you get to Richmond?
2: Um, I came to Richmond because my brother was going to VCU and I was uh, turning into a little bit older than a juvenile delinquent in Alexandria. so I came to Richmond to go to VCU. I'd gone to Lehman Mary and didn't really have a good experience. And I dropped out. had that little interregnum there at home where I was messing around with some bad dudes doing bad things. All right. Right, that's how I like to tell the story. And then I came to Richmond and um, took some classes at BCU. And within several months, I had a job at a restaurant. And in that restaurant, the program director for Power came in and was like, "Hey, you got a good voice. You ever think about being in radio?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> uh, he let me come in and, and check things out and hired me to do overnights. So I used to work Friday and Saturday nights from midnight until six a.m. And that was my first shift. But the station was new. I was new and it exploded and I kind of grew with it. So in a matter of months, I went from doing weekend overnights to doing nights, and then three years from that, doing mornings.
1: You did that and then you became a co-host with KDP for quite a while there, right?
2: P and I did mornings for about seven years together. That, I did about 10 years at at Power. She uh, actually is in real estate also, real estate marketing, and she was a brilliant partner. She and I knew each other in high school. Oh, wow. She went to UVA and worked at 92.7 in Charlottesville, And then just out of the blue, applied to 92.7 in Richmond, got the job, worked with a a couple of other guys before she got to me. But it really was a great partnership because I think that we shared things from our childhood, sort of like we came from the same place and we understood each other in a way that was very easy and our banter was good.
1: You're a couple of Nova Brats, in other words. A couple of Nova Brats, but she is a, a,
2: a unique talent. Honestly, here's a little scoop for you, Jerry. She and I are working on our own podcast right now just for our own giggles and kicks. You know, we talk for a half an hour about whatever's happening in the world, what's happening with us. We laugh, we have a good time, and then wrap. So hopefully that'll be coming out in the next couple of months.
1: Cool, you have to send me the link to that. We'll post it when it gets (laughs) up. Thank you,
2: thank you, I'd love to.
1: So how did you get at WRIC? As as long timers know, we called it Channel 8 back in those days.
2: I got my job at Channel 8 because I'd been working at the radio station. Uh, I was representing power at a United Negro College Fund telethon at Channel 8 And they were like, hey, you know how to hit a mark. You're not bad on your feet. Would you ever think about doing weekend weather? And back then, weather was still kind of low tech, just a couple of years away from putting a sun with some felt on a felt board. (laughs) And you didn't have to be a meteorologist. So they gave me a chance to do that. So I did weekends for them for about a year. I did some entertainment reporting for them for about five or six months, but I was working two jobs at once and it was too much. So I let it go. And in 99, about the time that I was um, deciding to leave radio... I'd gone to Mosley Flint to learn how to be a real estate agent, and then Channel 8 called me and was like, hey, do you want to come anchor? And I really thought that I'd be fired within my first contract. I thought there was no way. There's no way this could be bad, because I want to do real estate. If I'm on TV, I get my name out there and people see my face more, I'll get fired, then I can go sell houses. (laughs) And it turned into 22 years.
1: That's a long time too, yeah. So uh, what are some of the most memorable moments at RIC? And I know there's a lot of them, but. Uh...
2: The the people for me are the most memorable things. I think that the viewers will remember the stories that impacted them, but that's different for everyone. For me, it's the people. I remember just working with a string of really talented, brilliant people. Um, Butch Tiller, Dave Miller, Lisa Schaffner, Bernier, for all his quirkiness, is a brilliant guy. Constance Jones, uh, brilliant anchor uh, just a, a, a slew of reporters that i always felt like i worked with people who were very talented and that was really what kept me motivated standing next to them talking to them about their work and watching it and getting a chance to introduce
1: it the other question about wrc so who did you hate
2: who did i hate
1: <laughs> i didn't hate
2: anyone
1: <laughs> i knew any- you'd say that i would just like to throw that in
2: uh, you know honestly some of uh you know my story at channel 8 is the story of corporatization of, of media in general and consolidation. When I got there, the station was owned by Nationwide. They had four stations and it was sort of a boutique prestige thing for a company, a corporation of that size to own some TV stations. Right. By the time I left, the company that owned Channel 8 owned 215 stations. Wow. So there was an economy of scale, there was downward pressure on wages, all the things that you learn in econ class. I'm not disparaging anyone, but that really was the story. And during that time, we ran into a couple of GMs who were a little bit crazy. And I'm going to say that very modestly because they were more than crazy. But aside from that, man,
3: I never hated anyone.
1: We've been ignoring you long enough. So Chris Francoise, how did you two meet?
3: You know, it's funny. We've known each other for a long time. I'd say we met when we were teenagers, but we started really hanging out together post high school.
1: You were a juvenile delinquent, too?
3: Yes, Ah! exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that, Jerry. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I may be the person that provided some delinquency to one uh, at the time, but no, post high school, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, where yeah. we wanted to go to college, maybe where career paths would take. And we spent some time together hanging out. Some people would say partying. Right. I
2: think, can I jump in? Yeah. What's weird is that Chris and I are friends because I think we decided around the same time to stop being delinquents.
1: Uh huh.
2: About the time that I got my act together or started to get my act together, you started getting your act together too, I think.
3: And we yeah, were like, and it's okay. interesting. I followed him to Richmond, not really, but we came to Richmond. My wife and I, who's now my wife. For jobs and for, by the way, going to VCU. And the one thing that's the connection is Juan's brother, Al, went to VCU first and came down to Richmond and really hyped it up and said, what a great town. Not just the capital city, but it's a great town on its own. So Juan probably came down to Richmond a year before I did. Our story is a story of two sets of brothers. I have a brother who's
2: 18 months younger than I am how much older is Brian? Than One you? year. Right. So Chris's brother, Brian and my brother, Al were really, really tight. So we knew each other through our brothers. And then as we grew older, we became closer, like the gap in age right, narrowed right. because I think it was three grades ahead of you, but two years. And as you get older, that kind of, that all shrinks.
1: Absolutely. So I'm still a young
3: buck and he's old. <laughs> older, you know, um, but now it doesn't matter anymore. It all blends. <clears throat> That's all I'll say. I'm going to tell your wife that you called yourself a buck. She's
1: going to laugh. (laughs) So Chris, I know you've made most of your career in real estate, and now you have lured Mr. Condé to joining you. First question I have to ask y'all, the last couple of years with COVID and people not working in the office and stuff, it's been a challenge for commercial real estate. Why the hell would you decide to go into commercial real estate now?
2: Um, because I believe that we can succeed. I I would not have done it if I didn't believe I had a a reasonable or better than reasonable chance of success. I believe in Chris's expertise. I believe in my how do I say this without sounding pompous. I believe in my own integrity, Jerry, and I believe that um, I can offer a service to clients that is respectable. And, you know, informed and helpful and all the things that you want so that's why i think it'll work
1: give us a little quick rundown chris maybe of what this company is and what y'all are going to be doing exactly
3: the the company is called titan property advisors
1: mr Condy is showing off his special pullover with titan logo on it already okay go ahead chris
3: we both went to high school in alexandria the movie that people remember is remember the titans <laughs>
1: footnote. Remember the Titans was a biopic that came out in 2000. It's based on the story of coach Herman Boone, played by Denzel Washington, and his attempts to integrate the football team at T.C. Williams High School, which was their school's previous name.
3: We went to that high school probably around 10 years after that time period. So we were real proud of our high school. Our high school has renamed itself now, but they are still the Titans. And so we were trying to think of a name, trying to think of a name that has a connection to us. And also, by the way, that was available and that somebody hadn't taken. Oh, wow,
1: And sounds pretty cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, some people could say, you know, Titan is it's a large and Titan of industry in real estate. So it, it kind of connected on that end that when you're projecting kind of an image as well, you know, we're doing commercial real estate brokerage. It's different from when people say, oh, you're a realtor. Well, not really. You know, residential agents become realtors and join the MLS and all of that. Commercial is kind of a whole different game. Uh, Brokerage is basically brokering commercial real estate transactions between buyers and sellers of commercial real estate and tenants and landlords, because leasing is a big component of commercial and a lot of people don't recognize that it's probably about 70 percent of commercial users of space retail office industrial are tenants
1: let me make sure i understand that because i'm learning stuff here so basically you might sell client a a building and Mm -hmm. then they say well we only need three floors and you got six floors and then you would supervise leasing the other two floors for client a is that how that kind of works
3: yes You, you certainly have situations like that we've recently represented a client to take a former cvs 10,000 square feet on broad street and so someone who's stepping their toe into retail which you said earlier you mentioned about um you know the market now and and retail is obviously a, a difficult market in general but there's still a lot of retail richmond is a very strong retail market you know the office market is still doing well and especially in the suburban markets And industrial space, which is one of the sectors that we specialize in, is kind of exploding right now. Right now, I think it's a good time to start a business. It was really an opportunity to do the kinds of things and work with the kinds of people and companies that that, uh, a lot of companies don't seek out you know so juan can probably touch on what he's been doing yeah. as well
1: yeah what the hell is your part in this whole thing besides the face and right. that's, well, a, that's a scary not, thought just in and of itself but we'll keep going
2: my official title <laughs> my official title jerry is owner director so i like to say that i'm co-owning the company with chris but i'm the director of new business development uh and that means going out and, and finding uh, us clients well i like to focus on uh, the tenant buyer side a lot of times in in regular um, residential transactions no one would think today about going to look at a house without having their own buyer's agent. Uh, a lot of businesses don't think when they negotiate a lease with a landlord and their agent that they are solo against these two entities who have expertise and knowledge and all these other things. And you might know how to sell widgets, but you don't know jack about commercial real estate. And that's where Titan comes in. We provide people with the expertise and knowledge to negotiate effectively and to make fair deals for themselves. And there's no charge to the client because uh, we split a commission with the other side.
1: At the uh, risk of sounding too much like a, an infomercial now for Titan, what what is it you won't miss? And what is it you will miss about being anchor at WRIC?
2: Jerry, it's so funny. I don't miss anything. I miss some of the people. I don't miss the dressing up. I don't miss being on air. I've been on air for 30 years. I thought I might miss it, but I don't miss it as much as I thought I would. And I'm kind of playing around again with this podcast with my old radio partner. So I have, a cre- I have creative outlets, but I never think to myself, boy, I wish I was doing five, thirty, six, six and 11.
1: Plus you have your evenings out of your own now, which is really a bonus.
2: And I'm recently engaged. So my family life is a lot more reasonable. And God bless her. She was really nice to me, you know, during the time when I was on TV and coming home at midnight, sleeping all day and getting up at one o'clock in the afternoon. But the family life is is a lot better also.
1: Now, who is this fiance? Can you say, are you allowed to?
2: Yes, I'm, uh, my fiance's name is, is Nanette and she and I dated in the 90s and then married other people and kind of had families and then reconnected a couple of years back. And she was my pandemic partner. We quarantined together. Yeah, it was was really lovely. And I think that honestly, I'm not sure if anybody else had this experience, but my um, time with her in quarantine during the pandemic really forged for us a, a strong relationship. You know, We didn't have anybody else to turn to. So we hammered out a lot of things together in private that I think other people take time to do. Also, we figured out we shared goals and values because the pandemic really was a time for people to break down and to figure out where they stood on things and how they would live their lives and how they would live their lives if they knew time was short. I'm old and in love and I have a new job. Who can do better than that?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I could take exception to that, that you're old. I don't consider myself old and I'm a few years older than you are. I think age is really
2: in the mind. When Jay was talking about my dad, the Admiral, my dad is moving to Florida after living in New York City for his entire life at 80. Literally, he's buying his first house and moving to Florida at 80 because for him, it's always looking forward. He wants something new. He's doing what he's doing. I love that guy.
1: When you say Admiral, was he actually in the Navy or is that just a nickname? No, he was never
2: in the Navy. But he was very—he was instrumental in the in the purchase of the boat. So Jay called him the admiral
3: out of respect.
1: Chris, what do you think is going to be the best thing about having Juan as a partner in your business now, and the worst thing maybe, <laughs> if you dare?
3: In a way, it's both of us learning together. You know, even running a business, and it is a startup. We've both done a lot of different things in the past, but you know, running a business together, seeing each other every day, working together, kind of side by side, even the shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's any negatives at all. We've been, you know, having fun, really just started in earnest, I would say, maybe March 1st. So Chris is not mentioning. The worst part about working with me
2: is that sometimes I puppy dog him and I'm like, hey, Chris, what are we doing today? Hey, Chris, how you doing? How you doing, Chris? I got questions to ask about all these different things, Chris. I got 18 different emails. Come on, Chris, come on. on." And yeah, my enthusiasm, I'm sure, is a little bit uh, off-putting, but he takes it very well. In addition to working with Chris at Titan, I've also been dipping my toes into other little pools. I've been freelance writing for the Chesterfield Observer, which has been an interesting pursuit. News on TV, news on radio, now news in newspapers. So I'm getting, if there's an EGOT, for news. I'm trying to wrap up the the corners and tap the corners on that. Also, uh, I bought a drone since I left Channel 8 and I've been engaging in drone photography, which I initially thought would be a boon to our business, but it's also been fun just for uh, other outside projects. And then I think I want to just take a real chance to say to everybody who's listening at WRIR, which I love and support all the time, but I just appreciate the chance to be here and be a part of the community. And I've been embraced in a way that um, it fills my heart. So uh, I try to do the best I can for folks because everybody, unfailingly, is nice to me. And I appreciate that.
1: Maybe that's because you're a nice guy. Now, uh, my last question, as you know, because you always listen to my shows, is what are you watching now, whether it's TV, movies, whatever?
2: Oh, so much good stuff. I I just binged Bridgerton, a great romantic show. I mean, it's great to watch. It was so much tension. Not a a lot of sex, but a lot of tension. (laughs) Bridgerton. (laughs) We watched Dave on Hulu which is a comedy produced by Dave Byrd, which is kind of really groundbreaking, I think, in a lot of ways. And one of those shows that mixes comedy with sensitivity and
3: like real issues.
1: And awkwardness too, because I've watched Dave. Dave is about the the white Jewish guy who's trying to be a rapper. Yes. And uh,
3: coming up as a show, third season
2: is Barry. On HBO. We love Barry. Yep.
1: Yep. Barry's great. I get
2: together on Monday nights and we just hang out. We've got a bunch of shows uh, in, in the pipeline. I also really enjoyed Reacher on HBO. Not the Tom Cruise movie, but the series. I'm trying to get my mother to watch it. I said, mom,
3: you're going to be in bed after you watch a show going, oh, Jack, oh, Jack. (laughs) We tend to watch shows rather than movies, meaning together. Mm -hmm. Something that has six to eight episodes, maybe 10 and you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, We watch movies with our spouses. Yeah.
1: Footnote. By the way, I've reviewed all three of those shows on sifter at tvjerry.com and enjoyed Bridgerton and Reacher more than Dave. Well, guys, this has been great to talk to you. Juan, it's good to see you again. We see each other every couple of years. I think the last time was when I was talking to you about my Dirt Woman documentary on your uh, radio or your podcast, whatever that was back in those days.
2: Yes, indeed, Jerry, and I was at your your lovely home and uh, for a couple of
1: meetings. Oh yeah, right, right, right. And Chris, good to meet you for the first time. I wanna thank you both for joining me on Sifter and we'll look forward to seeing what properties we can uh, go visit or hear about or read about or protest in front of who knows
2: 804-49 lease jerry titan property advisors
1: all right and we will have a link on the website of course
2: thank you very much thank you jerry coming soon
1: in theaters the big one opening this weekend is fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore this is the third installment in the series with jude law and eddie redmayne paris 13th district about four adults who are friends and sometimes lovers Needless to say, it's a French import from Jacques Audiard, best known in the US for Rust and Bone. Aileen, a fictionalized movie based on the life of singer Céline Dion. Father Stu, starring Mark Wahlberg in a true story of a boxer who became a priest. TV and streaming. On the 14th on HBO Max, The Garcias, a reboot of the early 2000s teen sitcom with the Garcia children grown up and gathering as adults for a three-month summer vacation. Speaking of families, also on the 14th, The Kardashians, which is basically a continuation of their long-running show Keeping Up with the Kardashians on E! But you gotta pay for this one on Hulu. On the 15th on Netflix, Anatomy of a Scandal takes place among the British elite, starring Sienna Miller, Michelle Dockery, and Rupert Friend. Also on the 15th on Netflix, Choose or Die. Asa Butterfield plays a young coder who unleashes a hidden curse that tears reality apart. On the 15th on Amazon Prime Video, Outer Range, A Wyoming rancher fights for his land and family after they discover a mysterious hole, starring Josh Brolin and Lily Taylor. Roar on Apple, Nicole Kidman, Cynthia Erivo, and other women tell feminist fables based on short stories by Cecilia Ahern. On the 17th on Showtime, the First Lady series examines three different women in the White House, starring Viola Davis as Michelle Obama, Michelle Pfeiffer as Betty Ford, and Gillian Anderson as Eleanor Roosevelt. It also features local actor Irene Ziegler. On the 18th, Better Call Saul's sixth and final season drops on AMC and AMC+, Plus, and Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul will guest star. Next week, I'll be interviewing a writer on a new HBO Max show with Richmond Connections. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of reviews, reviews,
0: visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.